previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. Yeah, so I just listened. My brother Michael listens all the time as well. So sometimes we have some interaction and talk a little bit about it. He was the first one that called when my email was read on the episode of the big show. And actually it asked me at that point, he's like, are you qualified to be on with Chuck and Roxy now? And I oh. said, I don't, I don't have any idea. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll have to get him on, I was going to say, now you get to tell him to eat it. So yeah. Take the time, tell him to eat it. And right. now he, you have a Chuck and Roxy number, and he doesn't. So. Right, exactly. exactly. Now, he, tell him, no pressure, but our first brother combination, I believe, was Michael and Steve Sands. Yes. So, no pressure there. Oh. You know, that's, <laughs> oh. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. On the WTFC Podcast Network. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Hey, Littles. littles. Roxy. Chuck. Where the heck is Chuck today? I don't know. Where are you? I'm in Dayton, Ohio. Oh, that's good. Oh, hee-haw, as they say. Good old Dayton, Ohio. Loving it here. It's been brought back a lot of good memories because we toured here together our first time, right? Our first year on tour? Yep, 2012. Isn't this Mm -hmm. where you stepped in the cement? Well, we went to do our laundry, and then on the way home, I don't know, I just stepped, and you saw me about to step in it, and you didn't say anything. Well, because I didn't think you you were, I thought you knew (laughs) you were about to step in, like, a whole sidewalk worth of wet cement. Yeah, I didn't know. And the funny thing is, the guy was still working on it, and he was so angry. He was like, are you kidding me? Now I have to re-smooth this all over. I know, I felt really bad. Yeah, that was bad. bad. I didn't mean to. Well, obviously, I don't. That was also one of my first impressions of you, ironically, which I thought was. Right. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Well, this is very short lived because I'm only here for the day, dropping the podcast, doing a show, loading out, then heading to Fort Wayne, Indiana. I will be in Fort Wayne, Indiana for most of the week. And then we're in Flint, Michigan over the weekend, as well as Grand Rapids, Michigan on Saturday. And then we head to Ann Arbor on Sunday and we'll be there Wow, we'll be there for a couple days. We'll be there, I think, till next Wednesday. So Ann Arbor's a good place. If you happen to be around, Littles, give me a shout-out. Maybe we can do a little meetup. We already got that email last time, so we're looking forward to having... Maybe we'll do a little Littles gathering. That would be fun, too. That'd be fun. All right, well, let's get the show started. Roxy, we had some, again, always, feedback from the previous show. We heard from Chris Campbell, episode 259. It says, Dear Chuck and Roxy, Phil, so great to hear that voice again. Phil and I have actually coached against each other as D3 assistants and recruited against each other. He was an assistant for one of the all-time great people in Becky Martin. I have noticed that Phil was a little, but it was terrific to hear him on the LLP. Chuck, FYI, I think your show plays Frederick, Maryland, which won't be far from all of us in Westminster, Damascus, Rockville, Gaithersburg, etc. So that came from Chris Campbell. So yes, that is correct. I think it's Friday, November 10th, something like that. It's that weekend. I'll get more details as we get closer for sure. And yeah, we're trying to, I already know some people are coming up for that, which will be nice to have a little gathering there. I'm hoping I'll get there like a day before, or maybe we're staying a day after so we can maybe do a hang there as well. That would be nice. Like I said, I'll get that as we get closer. I'll get the exact details so we know what's going on there. Then we heard from Greg and Devorah Sheramita. Those are episodes 154 and 218. It says, Dear Sir Chuckles and Lady Roxy, I saw George Carlin in 1974 at California State University, Northridge. Kenny Rankin was the opening act. You may have to look him up, but he was a singer. Rocky and Bullwinkle were definitely set for a Cold War audience, and good job on you, Sir Chuckles, on pronouncing Natasha. I don't even remember that, but thanks for that. (laughs) 
P.S. Kevin was great on the last episode, but what happened to the story about him seeing Roxy perform in college? Okay. Now, this is what happens sometimes. This is why I sometimes I don't want to say, okay, we'll get to that in a little bit, because then we don't get to it. Okay? We kind of <laughs> tease that. He's right. He's absolutely right. We put that in the very opening of the last episode, and then we never got to it. Okay? It really wasn't that big of a deal. We just discovered he knew someone in your class, or wh- how, why did he attend Brigadoon? It was Brigadoon, right? Yeah, I believe he said it was his son who was looking at colleges. Oh, and right. He had so, and then he went a separate time to see Brigadoon, I believe. Absolutely right. That's what it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were visiting the college mm-hmm. to see if he wanted to go there, and it happened to be yeah. the same time. Right. Right. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. All right, and then don't forget, Littles, you can send in voice memos. We heard from Dina in Damascus. Episode 53. Okay, just started listening to today or yesterday's podcast, and I actually had to stop and do a voice memo. First of all, Chuck, I am totally with you on Suzanne Summers. It hit me hard, it made me sad, and it made me feel old. And then the next thing that happened that made me feel old is the fact that I have a child who's a millennial, as is Roxy. Yeah, that made me feel old. But then, Roxy, two of my children are in fact Gen Zers, and they will be attending the Christmas Bonanza, or whatever we call it, the Roxy Facts, and they're good people, and they will not tell you not to wear skinny jeans, ever. And yes, for those listening carefully, that was my turn signal at the very end, as tribute to Elliot. Yes, a very loving homage to Elliot Olshansky, episode 111, with the blinker. Love that. So, Roxy, it looks like you can wear skinny jeans to your, what did she call it, Roxy Fest or something. I forget what she called it. When they all come see you and oh, she yeah. says they won't judge. So that's great. You'll be in oh, good shape. That's all you have to it's do. It's pretty much the only pair of jeans I own is skinny jeans. Oh, okay. So you're all good. So, so yeah. All right. all right. Then we heard from Howie Stoopsy Stoops, episode 199. Roxy and Chuck, thanks for reading my email on air. I especially appreciated how you used artistic license to liven up my email and make it more focused on your audience. I'm disappointed that you can't make it this year. Maybe the 10th B&B on October 26, 2024. We will see. If you mention it again, which we are, please add that the flyer is posted on our Facebook page along with his email. And that is Stoopsy at gmail.com, S-T-O-O-P-S-I-E at gmail.com. Make sure you email him. Let him know you're coming to this year's ninth annual Bourbon and Barbecue, Stoopsie's ninth annual Bourbon and Barbecue. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars. It is October 28th, 5 p.m. till question mark. So that sounds like a good Littles party to me. Uh, Love that. Yeah, right? i really bummed we can't go, Roxy. Got to be honest. I know, me too. I'm really bummed. And then he says, P.S. I can't resist. Did you hear that they found a new mummy in Egypt? Apparently it was covered in chocolate and nuts. His name was Pharaoh Rocher. Now, I didn't get that at first because I, he sent a picture. There's the candy. Ferrero. Is that how you say it, Rocher? Yeah, Ferrero Rocher. Okay, never even heard of it. Wow. <laughs> no? I don't know. Now let's get to some stuff that we have to get to. Okay, because this brought up a lot of concerned littles. Okay? It's about Uh-oh. the Toy Hall of Fame. The headline was, the Toy Hall of Fame decides to have a special inductee to celebrate the Hall's 25th anniversary. And it says, five toys, each of which had been considered for induction into the National Toy Hall of Fame at the Strong National Museum of Play in Rochester, New York in the past, but had fallen short, are again vying 
for that coveted spot. This time, one of them is guaranteed to make it. The five toys on the ballot are the Fisher Price Corn Popper, My Little Pony, Pez Dispensers, The Pogo Stick, and Transformers. Now, this was brought up on the uh, the big show the other day. I don't think it was yesterday. I think it was on Wednesday's show. It says the Toy Hall of Fame decided to have a special inductee to celebrate the hall's 25th anniversary. These five toys have been deemed the Forgotten Five because each one has been a finalist for entry into the Toy Hall of Fame but failed to make the cut. They're like what Susan Lucci was to the Emmy Awards or Steve Tasker to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Now one of these five will make the hall and for the first time it will be purely in the hands of the voting public. Now... Why I bring this to everyone's attention is because I want to make sure everyone understands about our contest. First of all, if you haven't joined our contest, why haven't you? Get your entries into our email address, wtfcpodnet at gmail.com, or go to our website, loyallittlespod.com, and you can just enter there. Just send us a message through the website. Those are the ways that we will accept the entries. You can't just tweet at us and Instagram at us or instant message us or anything like that. Got to go through our website or our email. And I just want to make sure that these have no effect on the outcome. These are not the ones that are up for this year's Toy Hall of Fame in the contest. Okay, because these were just, this was a new thing they just announced. I'm like, you're throwing a curveball at us here. We have a contest going, you know. (laughs) So everyone was writing in, like, should we pick one of these? Had I known, this would have been like a good tiebreaker if we needed it. Oh, sure. But just want to make that announcement. This has nothing to do, this new announcement by the Toy Hall of Fame has nothing to do with our contest okay it's a side bet i guess is how i would say it okay so anyway so i just want to get that out of the clear and then real quick before we get to our meet the littles guest roxy we had another r.i.p that kind of hit home burt young died at 83 now do you even know who burt young is i've heard of the name yeah he's most i think well known for playing Polly in all the rocky movies now i know you haven't seen the rocky movies maybe someday you will And because he was, a lot of people probably don't remember this, he was nominated for an Oscar, Best Supporting Actor, for that role. Oh, wow. And Burgess Meredith, the guy who played uh, his trainer, Mick, they were both nominated in the Best Supporting Actor, but they lost to Jason Robards for All the President's Men. Okay? Oh. Yeah. Anyway, the article I read was in the New York Times by Alex Williams. It says, Mr. Young also had a career in theater, and that's kind of why I brought him up, because he's not, I mean, he is a pretty well-known actor listen to this he was in a show alongside robert de niro and ralph macchio in cuba and his teddy bear it was called and it was a play about a drug dealer and his son that opened at the off-broadway public theater in manhattan in 1986 and later moved to broadway so he was also a stage actor now how cool would that have been because i think let's see 19 that was before karate kid i think right sounds about right Sounds about right. Yeah, 86. Yeah, something like that. I forget what your, I'll have to look that up, what your karate kid started. But so Robert De Niro, Ralph Macchio, and Burt Young on stage. And I don't know, don't know anything about the show. Cuba and his teddy bear. Sounds interesting. (laughs) All right. And then let's get out of here on this, Roxy. We heard from Tim McGeary. Oh, Chuck, you missed such a great opportunity in your recap of the Guillotine Fantasy League. Are you sure the great zucchini was chopped or perhaps he was sliced? diced or minced or you could have snuck in a julienne into the pod i guess the result is the same no matter how you slice it also here are my toy hall of fame entries and he has i'm going to read these out he has ken nerf toys slime and then he says bingo is not a toy because you can't play it with only one or two people and as nigel shared on the big show it was derived from an italian lottery 
That's not a toy. Saturday Night Live seems to have buried this video, but I cannot think of Bop It without thinking of the Weekend Update spoof by Fred Armisen. If you haven't seen it, it's not difficult to imagine how far they took it. The other nominees are fine, but this is my gut. Tim McGeary, episode 271. How's that for a spoiler alert, Roxy? Ooh, I like it. I like it. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with... Meet the Littles. Hi, this is Honest Larry from Hewitt, New Jersey, and you're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. We are being played in this episode by a good friend of the podcast, Norwegian Soft Kitten. And this song is called Aggression. Now, I believe the Big Show actually had this on their show about a week ago. So uh, this is some exciting times for Norwegian Soft Kitten. If you like what you hear, you can find all their stuff on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Just search Norwegian Soft Kitten. Give them a follow over on Twitter. It is NS underscore kitten. Instagram, it's at Norwegian Soft Kitten. And Facebook, just head on over there and search Norwegian Soft Kitten. And we'll, of course, have all of that in the show notes. And as always, we will also play the full song, Aggression, at the end of the podcast. It's not too much We can raise our voice a little And grunt and complain and such We're at aggression level media Donning and disapproving frown Bring it down Bring it down, down to medium town Alright, all you loyal littles, it's now time to Meet the littles And Roxy Chuck Another fun one. Oh yeah We've been talking We say this all the time We've been talking for almost what, Like 15, 20 minutes Sure and uh, he's already heard one of the stories that I told on another podcast yep. about me being mugged. So let's see. <laughs> Little, do you know? That do we know where this guy is from? <laughs> let's see how well you remember. So after your most recent police issues. I know. Well, it wasn't oh your gosh. issues, but let's get into it. Please welcome to the podcast, Tim McGarry. Hey, Tim. How's it going? Hey, Chuck. Hey, Roxy. How are you doing? Now, We're good. The funny part is. We just said something about police issues. Now, this hasn't aired while we're talking about this, obviously. And so that episode has now aired. Yes. So it'll be interesting for you to go back and listen. Yeah. Uh, all is fine. All is fine. All is fine. We are we are all good. But yeah, when you told me where you were from, I'm like, oh, I hate that place. Yeah. But I don't really. <laughs> because you were bringing up a good, you were talking about the Durham Bulls and how you were at the stadium and stuff like that. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to be fun. Let's meet you. Take us way back. Introduce yourself to all the loyal littles out there. Sure, way back. I am a Pittsburgh native, originally from the Pittsburgh area, and every part of my family, as far as uh, my dad's side of the family, we're all located around Pittsburgh. I had, had a nice big family out there. Became a huge Pittsburgh sports fan. Grew up on the Steelers, the Pirates, the Penguins, uh, University of Pitt basketball team particularly. And then I went across the state, over to the eastern part of the state, and uh, went to Lehigh University. Oh. And uh, did my schooling there. Uh, met my wife at Lehigh. Did some work uh, around the area and then eventually went back and started working for the university. So I spent my first 18 years in the Pittsburgh area and I spent my almost next 18 years in the Lehigh Valley area. And is that near uh, Philly? I don't even know where that is. I feel bad saying that. It is actually about an hour north of Philly. Okay. And about 75 miles uh, west of New York City. 
So right. it was actually, we, it, was, it was the best of both worlds because we could drive into New Jersey and take the train into the New York City, or yeah. we could just drive down to Philly and do some stuff there. So it was a really great yeah. spot to be in. Yeah. Mm. Villanova's out there too. Yeah. Villanova's yes. right outside of Philadelphia, yes. right on the main, what they call the main line yeah. uh, into, yeah. into the city. Yeah. That's oh, where okay. my brother went. So I'm kind of familiar with yeah. Lehigh and all of that. But yeah, cool. So now, and what was your major there? I majored in music. Um, what? Oh. I, I did. I, I actually, I started out as an engineering major. And, and this is actually a cool connection to Tony. But the dean of the engineering college at Lehigh when I was a freshman was Harvey Singer. And oh. so that's it, kind of a weird, it's not really a DA moment because Harvey wouldn't know who I was anymore. But to hear him talking about President Harvey Stanger from Binghamton is sort of a throwback for me in, in my cool. undergraduate days. Wow. Okay. Uh, Littles, this was not on the form. Cool. We're listening. So, mm-hmm. okay. So you started in engineering. How did you then switch to music? So I have been doing computer programming since I was like 10 years old and had done old basic programming and kind of doing things like that. And got to the engineering program and just burned out, just literally burned out. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I've been doing this for so long. This, mm-hmm. isn't, this isn't actually what I was hoping to do. But I also had a music background. My dad has been a church organist all my life and even before I was born. And wow. so I had a musical background and played violin and viola for 10 years before college and mm-hmm. decided, you know, I wasn't really going to do music in college. But whenever I was kind of burning out from engineering, I said, you know what? Maybe I should look at music, and really, I focused on music composition, which, ah, okay. um, particularly in 20th century music, is a lot like math and engineering. So, yeah. So that's where I ended up, and took enough computer classes that I knew I could get a job because I didn't really expect music to be my career. Yeah. Especially being as um, being more of a music composition focus. Right. I figured, well, I should have something to fall back on. Right. So. Actually, this is another cool story about being a music major at Lehigh, because Lehigh isn't known as a I was going to say, yeah, I was thinking yeah. that. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really known as an engineering school. And they had, just in my sophomore year, opened up a brand new performing arts center that was a big, big fundraising thing. And I was told, and I, don't, I, I can't verify this, but I was told whenever I changed my major to music that I was the 10th major. You know, they had finally hit double digits because... You know, it was a pretty small program. Wow. But by the time I graduated, there were 50, 60 majors of music because they now have this great, wonderful facility mm-hmm. to attract students and really build a, a fantastic program. So mm. anyway, that was a nice that was a nice little fun thing. But I got to see some wonderful artists and musicians and groups that came in to Lehigh. James Earl Jones opened up the theater for wow. our opening gala, the New York Philharmonic. I opened up our concert hall. Wow. Uh, got to see Gary Burton and Chick. Korea play a concert wow. together Excellent. there. I mean, we just got to see some wonderful things. And, you know, again, being 75 miles from New York, sure. Sure. it's it's really easy to get artists and groups to come yeah. from New York City. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm not super shocked, only because I'm going to assume, as an engineer guy, you know RPI, right? Yes. Okay, so the RPI engineer. Okay, so that's up in Troy, New York, for those littles. Mm-hmm. I actually played along. They had a percussion ensemble. <laughs> Believe it or not. RPI, which is one of the, it was it, it's got to be one of the top engineering schools, right? I would assume. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very known, and they have a percussion ensemble. Wow. Well, it's also because they just happened to luck out because the professor at SUNY Albany mm-hmm. also worked there, and okay. so he was a percussion. He was our percussion teacher for the Empire State Youth Percussion Ensemble and Empire State Youth Orchestra. Gotcha. So he just happened to be at. RPI, he found out he had like a, like six, seven, eight, ten guys that happened to just also played percussion and drums in high school. Wow. And was like, hey, why don't we just 
do a club and that's what it was. And so, I mean, it's amazing. You'd be surprised these engineers, the talents they have uh-huh. outside of engineering. Sure. You know? So it's, we had a great time. We do joint concerts with them all the time. At, was it the Troy City? Uh, Troy Music Hall, I think it was called. Mm. Yeah, It resonates with my experience. We had lots of double majors mm-hmm. you know, or students who were majoring one thing, but then were still in the orchestra, still in the choir or the choral and things like that. So that resonates quite a bit. Right. Wow. Now let's get into the violin viola thing, because as we know, the only difference is the viola burns longer, as <laughs> they say. So no, in all seriousness, like, were you forced into that? Because I got to be when I was in college nobody wanted to touch the viola because it's a different clef. It's an alto clef, right? Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? Yes. Yeah, okay. It is. So um, so I wasn't forced into it. I wanted to learn how to play an instrument because my dad was an organist and a pianist. He, you know, he taught, taught piano lessons in my early childhood. It was hard to take lessons because he was, you know, he was focused on his job and then teaching on the side. And learning from your dad is hard. Right? Yeah, sure, of course. There's other dynamics there. Oh, um, absolutely. And my mom played violin and viola when she was younger and so we had a violin and I said okay I want to I just said I want to learn how to play that and so I played that through high school and again I went to college never intending to touch it again in fact I actually didn't touch it again I went to the music department I really focused on being uh, the composition and theory piece and I didn't I didn't actually go perform with any of the orchestra because I had a pretty significant performance anxiety that I developed Um, like even in high school with our string ensemble it was kind of rough for me and I and I said this isn't really that fun but I loved writing music and I loved arranging music and I wanted to learn more of the theory and background from that so fortunately I was able to just kind of learn new instruments as my performance credit so I went back and, and actually learned how to play piano a little bit and I learned how to play guitar for my get my credits for performance and then focused on writing and composing. Oh, wow. Wow. And I totally get it because I've told the story a million times that my mom taught all my friends piano. Yeah, not you. But I was stupid enough. It just, it, no. yeah, I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I tried to even yeah. learn organ from her because she thought that would be cooler because it was three levels. Yeah, you know, right. And, and it had a volume pedal and all yeah. this other stuff, you know, and I just couldn't do it. I just, it was, yeah, it's that dynamic. There's something with it. And yeah. it's the biggest mistake I think of my life because well, knowing I- what I'm doing now, like how much would be able to play piano would be so amazing. Right, you know? right. Well, at the same time, I have I have a similar frustrations of not learning how to do percussion because I have no rhythm whatsoever. Oh. And <laughs> both and my two younger brothers were both drummers and they, they just amazed me at, at their ability. Mm. And so it's just sort of a weird, you know, weird dynamic. But yeah, and I was still able to compose for instruments I didn't play. It's just I wouldn't be able to play them if, if, to save my life. But the viola, that just you that was an extra instrument you wanted to add. Yeah, the viola I was sort of I wasn't forced into it. In our high school, I went to high school, Shadyside Academy, which is a private high school in Pittsburgh. And we had, at the time, we had a, a virtuoso violinist in our high school. And so he, we did a lot of concertos that really showed off his skills. And so we didn't have a viola. And my, my orchestra teachers asked, said, hey, I think you have the skill to do it. And I, I'd like you to take it on. And so I agreed to do it for my last two years of high school. And I was fine doing it because I knew I wasn't one of the best violinists. Um, mm-hmm. And I knew because it was predominantly a rhythm instrument. Yeah. They would, be, they would be simpler parts as long as I was able to learn how to read the clef. Right. And I did. And so I was, I was happy to do that. Cool. Well, in my string methods class, I was the brown noser because they asked for volunteers, <laughs> of course. And no one would do it. Yeah. And I was like, sure. Right. Once I figured out these, you know, because basically when you're learning from scratch, you you started these basic books. Right. That's right. And once I realized that basically these books, you know, you learn a lesson and then you incorporate it with the rest of the group, you know, the string sections, you know, kind of thing. Well, it it looked most times the violin and viola were playing the melody together. So I was like, oh, I'll just read the violin line. 
in the book. And I, once I figured that out, it was like, I'd say it's the equivalent of like figuring out that the answers are in the back of the book yeah. for like your math That's book right. and stuff uh-huh. like that. Uh-huh. You know, like, yeah, I got this. I'll do it. <laughs> and I got extra credit basically, you know, because yeah. I'm like the only one that was willing to try viola in, right. you know, in college. And I was like, yeah, wow. there's always a method behind the madness. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. So real quick though, because, and I want to leave time because of what you're doing now and where you were, sure. because, you know, he was very interested in our Duke grad 96 yeah. you know, guest a few weeks ago. So basically, you said already, your fandom's all in Pittsburgh. Is it still there, or is it weary now? And we'll go into what you're doing now when we come back from the break, but where's your sports fandom lie? So my sports fandom is still bleeding black and gold. So I'm predominantly Pittsburgh. However, my wife is from the Bucks County area outside of Philadelphia. Ah. So there's Philadelphia roots that is in our family. We have two kids. I have a daughter who's a senior in high school and a son who's a freshman in high school, and he became a Steelers fan with me early in his life. Sometimes took it a little more seriously than I did, you know, as toddlers and young adolescents might do. Yeah. Right. And my mother-in-law fed it because she would send us all these secondhand Steelers gear that she would find in secondhand shops. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is fantastic. My mother-in-law is supporting my fandom. (laughs) And then when he was turning nine or 10, suddenly the packages that came to us were more Eagles and Phillies than they were. And I was like, what's going on here? And he just totally flipped. And so he is now a hardcore Philadelphia fan. Wow. Okay. As I tell him, as I remind him when he's um, cheering or booing at games that he is really truly become a Philadelphia fan because his attitude goes back and forth. So, you know, so dramatically. (laughs) Well, Uh, what doesn't help is what, two, three years ago? It doesn't help, right? No, it doesn't help. Yeah. Yeah. However, because I'm also, I, since I grew up a Pirates fan, I also know what, my, what it used to be and what never will be again. So right. yeah. I have modulated it and I can safely root for the Phillies now and, okay. and, and join in there. But because I know that the Pirates will always be the AAA team of Major League Baseball. Yeah. Right. Well, and, but you also, don't you get to become a Yankees person and like wave the, how many rings do the Steelers have? Five? Oh, yeah, I, I can be like that. And certainly we have six, you know, Steelers six. have six rings. Oh, right, six. Yeah. yeah. So you'd yep. be like, yo, what up? <laughs> That's right. Our Eagles. Yeah, you know, right, like, yeah. right. Exactly. So. And so he'll be like, what have you done for me lately? Fine. But, you know, <laughs> it hasn't been that long. <laughs> yeah. For the Steelers. No. Yeah. No it, ha- no, it hasn't been that long. Yeah. But one of his goals is to go to every Major League Baseball ballpark. And oh, so nice. we've been trying to trying to hit those out. And when. Cool. When he and I went down to Atlanta and I saw that they had Sid Bream's knee brace enshrined in their walk of honor, I, it made my stomach sick to see because uh, he broke the Pirates heart in 92. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I've been to, I was at Turner Field. I haven't been to the new, the one. new one. That's always a topic of discussion. Like, does it still count? You know what I mean? Because I technically have three more to go. Yeah. But yep. Florida was when they were at Landshark, and mm-hmm. I haven't been to Target Field in Minnesota, but I had been to the the Metrodome. Yeah. Things like that. You know what I mean? So it's kind of, mm, I don't know. Yeah, technically, I have three left, but there's new now newer ballparks that I haven't right, been to. Right, right. So it's like such annoying. So annoying. <laughs> That's right. Well, we're talking about that with Oakland. About Do we need to try to get to Oakland before they leave? You know, Or do we right. wait till they get to Las Vegas and then call it that? Right. So. Well, I will say or, it's a dump, that one. It, actually, it wasn't as bad as people, I think, make it out to be. But I did hit Montreal before they moved to Washington. Oh, oh wow. And that was kind of cool to say I got to there. Yeah. Now it was a horrible stadium. I left like in the fourth or fifth inning because it was, I had a headache (laughs) because there was nobody there. And I think I've told the story where, so everyone sat like every third chair and they would use this, the seats and they would bang them. Yeah. Right. Which just caused such an inside that dome. It was so loud and just, Oh, I had a headache. It was horrible. I left after like four or five innings because it was just terrible. I mean, I cool to say I was there. So I don't know. It's a tough, yeah, it's tough. 
It's tough. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a hard one to answer. But if you're going to go to San Francisco while you're there, it's worth it because that is in my top five. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That stadium Great. is in my top five for sure. <clears throat> and you'll be happy to know. I don't know. How, I guess you're not that caught up, but PNC Field is in my top five. Uh, it should be because I think right? it's one of the most beautiful parks. Yep. Uh, it has Absolutely. a great view, and a fact that I don't think it's told enough: the furthest seat away from the field is 90 feet. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. see, I didn't. So know it's that. really tight and compact. Yep. And yeah, it really, yeah. There's, there's not a bad, there's not a bad seat. Absolutely house. cool. Yep. So, all right. Well, listen, we got lots more to get into, but we're gonna take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. This is the Loyal Littles podcast with Chuck and Roxy. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And Roxy, we've got Tim McGeary here and so fortunate yeah. because now we're going to get into stuff I hate talking about. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, he, we've all talked about Duke and how I, anybody but Duke. Okay? Right, right. But Tim, go ahead. Tell everyone what you do now. Sure. So I'm an administrator in the Duke University Libraries. Nice. Um, and I get to have the pleasure of working with some really fantastic people who support all the digital and technology work across the libraries and you know, supporting the students and faculty and researchers. And it's it's a really fun job because we have amazing people who really love what they do. And it's just a, it's a good place to be. And I think despite the uh, sports uh, rivalries that happen around here, it's, you know, it's, it's they're great people and great, great work to do. Yeah. Excellent. Now, cool. he wrote on the forum, he said, I work for Duke. But I also worked for Lehigh University, which beat Duke in the NCAAs in 2012. There you go. And I'm also an alum of Lehigh, so that is a point of pride. Okay. <laughs> now, I just think this is hilarious. This is yet another Duke fan that's willing to talk about Duke's losses, which I love. So where were you at that time? So I was at Lehigh, still working for Lehigh at the time. And so it's probably helpful to go back a little bit how I fell into libraries. So I worked for IT jobs in 2001 and had three jobs in one year because the dot-com bust was about to happen. And my wife was working at Lehigh in a different type of work and said, hey, why don't you see if there's any jobs here and it'll be fun to work together. And so I happened to have worked for the, in the music library during my undergraduate days. And because I knew something about libraries, they hired me as the IT guy for the oh. libraries. And I just got hooked. It was just great kind of work, great people to, to work with. Obviously, supporting the students and faculty was something I wanted to do, and, and I just got hooked. So I had the opportunity during my career at Lehigh to build the technology department and team in the libraries. And I got to a point where I was ready to kind of grow and kind of get out, um, you know, spread my wings a little bit. Hmm. So the spring of 2012, uh, the Lehigh was in the tournament. We had C.J. McCollum, who now plays for the New Orleans Pelicans. And um, we knew he was going to be fantastic. We knew he was going to get drafted once in time. They got picked to play against Duke, and they were the, they were the 15 seed. Right. And Duke had an, a key injury. Mike Kelly was their center. So I actually predicted Lehigh not because I just was an alum, but I said, oh, they're actually going to beat Duke because this injury is going to be too big for them. And CJ is just going to blow them up from the outside. And they did. They had to lead most of the game and they really surprised Duke and CJ was the best player on the court. I lived about two and a half miles from campus and I walked outside my house after the game was over and I could hear the campus roaring. Wow. So about six weeks after Lehigh beat Duke in the tournament, I had an interview on campus at UNC for a job and most library jobs, we have to give a presentation. So they give you a topic and they say, this is the topic you need to focus on. So I built my presentation and in the beginning of my presentation, I had the first slide was the title of the talk, you know, the topic they gave me. The second slide was my bio because I was there to introduce myself and they needed to know my bio. 
the third slide was just the scoreboard of Lehigh beating Duke. <laughs> and I were about 75 librarians in the room and they just went nuts. <laughs> I had, they just totally crazy. I could have dropped the mic and walked out. I, you know, yeah. I had never been around librarians who were into sports before. And this was just, okay, I'm like, I am definitely on Tobacco Road. I am in a different place. <laughs> and they take this seriously. And so I knew that this was a place that I could both be part of and that they would accept me, even though I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily a UNC fan. So. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Wow. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's really smart. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. All right, real quick before we get to our fun dumb questions. Uh, so how did you become a little? How, what's your connection with Tony and all that? Yeah, so I I started back in the days when he was on ESPN Radio, pre went right around the time that the internet show had started, so where, where he could do whatever he wanted in between segments. So this was back when I, I'd say 2000, 2001 is when I started to uh, listen to Tony and just got hooked early on. And I was able to get some stuff in on the air through the mailbag. Um, oh, nice. And I remember another little, a few weeks ago, talking about how it was easier back then because it was more serendipitous. You were usually trying to hit something that was on the show that day. And Gary or Andy were, you know, siphoning through them to try to find the best ones. And so I was able to kind of get some witty one-liners in or a few little parodies of some topics that they were doing. And, and so I, I had a pretty good rhythm for a little while of getting things into uh, Tony's show. And it was really fun to, to just kind of have that connection with it. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've been a listener, gosh, for over 20 years now, except for a little bit of a break whenever, uh, when he went back into local radio and it was harder for me to, to get onto it until the podcast started again. All right. Well, we're, let's jump right into some fun, dumb questions, okay. but I'm going to go first, Roxy, if that's okay. Oh, oh, excuse me. Well, because I'm going to throw him a softball here. Okay. Just based on the form. Okay. So Tim, let's start with this. What's your favorite family tradition? Ooh. What is my favorite family tradition? So Christmas time in my family is a, was a big deal growing up. And mm -hmm. we spent a lot of time around uh, my grandparents' house. Uh, it was my dad's side of the family. We would sing Christmas carols on Christmas Eve. And then we until late in the night. And then we would go home and do our own Christmas stuff in the morning and then come back to my grandparents' house uh, during the day and into the evening. And every Christmas night, we would watch White Christmas together as Aww. a family. And so I, that was something that I just always remembered and just really enjoyed. And so when I learned that's how the two of you met, yeah. I was like, oh, this is a good connection. Serendipitous. Oh, my gosh. See, I knew she'd like that. I love and that. And here you thought I was trying to charge in on your going first on the fun dumb oh, questions. Oh, I love that. Now I don't know what question to ask. <laughs> that is so cool. I mean, it's Well, a let's not go with movie. what's your favorite holiday. Let's go with something else. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> okay. Let's see. If you could be a cartoon character for a week, who would you be? Oh, that, that's a good question. And I've, I've, thought it, I've tried to th think of an answer for this before. And so I'm kind of stuck between two because these are the ones I watched a lot when I was growing up. Okay. So one was Woody Woodpecker. Oh, nice. Uh -huh. I went as Woody uh, Woodpecker in third grade for Halloween. Of course you did. Yep. Go ahead. Sorry. That's, that's awesome. I had one of my aunts took me on a trip to California to visit another set of aunt and uncle when I was about four and a half years old and we went to Universal Studios and they have a picture of me just running up to Woody Woodpecker and just grabbing him around the waist and giving Aww. him a big hug. So oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. So that's that's the answer I'll pick. Because okay. That's, okay. That's well, a, what was the other one? Aunt. What's the honorable mention? We'll call it. Oh, the honorable mention is Spider-Man because I always oh, just yeah. wanted to be able to, sure. to climb around and anywhere I wanted and shoot those webs and, <laughs> nice. and fly, swing around wherever I could. And so yep. that's my other one. Nice. Excellent. All right. So I'm going to flip something because okay. I just realized we have this question. I, mean, I don't think we've ever asked this one because we ha ask a very similar one, but okay. one idiot. Okay. What's the worst movie you've ever seen? Ooh. 
Oh gosh, that's a good question. You can go top three if you want, because there's some pretty bad movies out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's some there's some bad ones. Let's see. I'll tell you that one that I thought was the worst movie I'd ever seen as a kid, and I I came to have a little bit of appreciation for it later was Joe versus a volcano. Oh, okay. It's probably because I saw it way too young. And I just didn't get it. But I later saw it in college again. And I'm thinking, okay, I could see, I could sort of see what's here. But it just didn't do it for me. And it's not one I'm going to watch if, if I see it on the uh, TV. Okay, you is, know, that, flipping channels. is that, is that Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan? It's, t- it's Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan. Okay. I think it might have, I and mean, I believe it might have been their first one together. Right, oh. right. And he had to like, he was kind of uh, in a deadbeat job and just sort of kind of a purpose of life type of movie. Gotcha. And then I think he's told he has a terminal illness or some sort of thing. And his, he has got to jump into a volcano in order to save something. It's ah, uh, okay. It's quite far-fetched. Yeah. yeah. I don't know yeah. if I've ever seen it. So. No, I don't think I've heard of it, but okay. interesting. All right. What's next, Roxy? Okay. I'm going to flip one as well, Ooh. Chuck. What's the one food you could always bring yourself to eat? Oh, this is easy. I can never pass up a donut. Yeah, nice. Okay. I should, but I can never pass up a donut. <laughs> okay. Now, all right. What? On. Well, any kind of donut? Oh, I thought you were going to make fun of me for my question. No, I'm, just, I'm curious. Like, because I'm kind <laughs> of similar, but there are a few that I'm just like, I'll walk by the box. If it's like the plain, no powder, nothing. I mean, yeah. You- I- I'm not terribly picky, like, you know, so if you do get back to Durham sometime and we can show you a little bit better, the better side than you've experienced before, um, <laughs> there, there are some fantastic donut shops that okay. have some really exotic kind of donuts. I'm not one into the savory, like ones that they make with Earl Grey tea and those oh, sort yeah. of things. Oh, yeah. well, yeah. I'm not really into those, but if it has a filling, you got to keep it away from me. Okay. Go no, that's there. fair. That's yeah. what I would be like that too. Well, yeah. there's a couple fillings and I'm like, eh, I, it's fine, but mm-hmm. I'll still eat it. Yeah. Like apple, stuff like that. Yeah. Ooh, I, I mean, like Boston that. cream, forget about it. No, I'm, oh, I'm all over that. Yeah. Go it's ahead. all over my face if it's Boston cream. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, have you ever been to a Voodoo Donuts? Do you know what that is? I haven't, no. Okay. Those, I mean, I know of the one in Eugene, Oregon, obviously. That's where, I think that's where it started. Now I've heard there's other one. Oh, wait, no, Portland. Excuse me. My bad. Portland, Oregon, I believe is where it started. Now those are the crazy, there's lines out the door for this place. Now these are crazy ones like Fruity Pebble Donuts, you know, all the Captain Crunch, you know, they just, yep. all these crazy ideas yeah. of what a donut could be. That's right, what this place does. Right. Now I'm sure they have normal ones too. Sure. But they're just, people sure. go to these places for these donuts. Mm. Yeah. I'm very well, excited for cider donut season. Right. Oh yeah. yeah cider. Like that, and that's growing up in Pennsylvania and also living in the Eastern Pennsylvania. There's a lot of apple orchards. We yeah. would go for apple, apple cider mm-hmm. donuts all oh. the time. It's, oh, yeah, it's the one thing I miss living down here in North Carolina now is we don't have a good apple oh, apple true. season yeah. down uh-huh. here. But there's a, when we visit our family, my wife's family in um, New Jersey, Montclair had a, has a really good, I think it's Montclair Bake Shop. They had some of those crazy donuts and that's the first place I had a poop emoji donut. <laughs> Wow. Um, you can imagine what it looks like yeah. and, how sweet, and how sweet it's going to be because oh, it's all the, sure. all the icing on top. Yeah. Wow, right. sure. All, right. So. all right. One more. If you could host a game show, what would it be? Oh, my gosh. Like, oh, I know exactly what it would be because this is one. It would be Press Your Luck. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. That was my favorite game show growing up. It's also the one that my mom would try to embarrass me with stories of because she would, she used to tell her friends and people that I would just sit around the house going, no whammy, no, no whammy, yeah. no whammy. Aww. Yep. So, yep. but it's also I, the uh, little documentary they did about how one of the contestants yes. figured out it was yep. really fascinating to me. And oh. I, I would love to do that again where they couldn't figure it out anymore. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah. I, well, I always said that. I was like, 
I always thought it could be fake because they could stop it wherever they want. But there was this guy, yeah, he, with a, he figured out the system. Oh, wow. Of, yep. The patterns wow. of the thing. And that's how he, he scammed them. So, anyway, wow. that's a good answer. All right, Roxy, let's end with some rapid fire. Okay, Coke or Pepsi? Coke, but if it has cherry in it, I'll drink either one. Okay. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We could be friends, sir. See, Chuck is Pepsi, but if, Pepsi, it's but cherry, if it's cherry, if it's cherry Coke, I'll definitely yeah. drink it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Brady Bunch or Partridge Family? Oh, Brady Bunch all the way. Smooth or crunchy peanut butter? It depends on my mood. Uh, oh. I, I usually go with smooth, but if I need that extra kick, I go yeah. with crunchy. Okay. I always need the kick. See, that's a good way to put it. I want the kick. All right. All right. Pancakes or waffles? Oh, duh. Waffles. 100%. I love when the butter gets stuck in the yes. ridges. And yes. it gives it a little extra fatty uh-huh. taste to it. Yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. If you could shoot one condiment out of your finger, what would it be? I'm from Pittsburgh. It has to be Heinz ketchup. Okay, All right. perfect. That's mine. I guess what? that could be a rapid fire. No, that's not on the rapid fire list. I that's thought it the... was. Sometimes we have it on there and sometimes we don't. So <laughs> like, I chose to have like it on Roxy's there Like Roxy's jumping all over the place. I love <laughs> it. All right. How, uh, Uranus jokes, not funny or never not funny? Oh, they're galactically funny. Galactically. Ooh, that's a good one. I love that. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, let's end there for sure. Tim, thank you so much for coming on to Meet the Littles. Is there anything we can plug for you? Is there? How can we people get in touch with you if you want to be gotten in touch with? Sure. Um, on most social media platforms, I'm found by just looking up Tim McGarry. So my Twitter handler is Tim McGarry and Facebook's Tim McGarry. Um, Instagram is the Tim McGarry because we had some snafu with that don't you mean just, you, the can, you can look tim. the tim mcgarry <laughs> believe it or not there is another one also a musician in florida so oh wow it's we sometimes get confused to twitter but otherwise <laughs> right right uh, oh that's excellent all right well thanks again for coming on to meet the littles we really appreciate the time and as an homage to the big show we'll get you out of here on this over or under always over and i will chuck todd any bathroom i'm in that's under <laughs> excellent <laughs> love it Perfect. Love it. All right. Well, thanks again, Tim, for coming on to Meet the Littles. We appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. All right, all you loyal listeners. We'll be right back. This is Jamie from Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, and you're listening to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast, and thank you, Tim, for coming on to Meet the Littles. Such a great time as always. Uh, Now, Roxy, before we get to the email, uh, we had a thank you, right? Yeah, we do. Eric Lonergan sent me a box of that. Episode four, yes, he sent me pretzels and Nutella to go. Those little cups. Yeah. They come like single serve. So you get like on one side, you've got a bunch of pretzel sticks. And on the other side is a bunch of Nutella. Because he saw my post last week about eating pretzels and Nutella in rehearsal. It's my favorite rehearsal snack ever. It's got the sweet and salt, which is exactly what I need to get through. And, uh, yeah, I got, like, a box of, I don't know, like, 25, 30. Well, I don't since know. Since you have so many, you're going to save some for me, right? I mean, come on. I'm only gone a month. I mean, I already had two today. <laughs> As you do. So. Well, maybe you can save me one. I mean, I do like them, too. but you know. Maybe. All right. Well, let's get to – well, first, this is kind of an email, but – I love these. It says, to whom still may not be concerned about the guillotine league. In discussing the chopping of the great zucchini this week from the guillotine league, Chuck said on the Loyal Littles podcast that, yes, the great zucchini was playing in the Loyal Littles fantasy league. Let's pause. Was he really playing? 
He played three players out with injury and two with bye last weekend. So he started with five zeros. He also spent no budget money on players this season. So was he really playing in the league any more than Mr. Ritz, who never knew he even had a team? Given his fast success with children, I assume the great Z pays more attention to those kids than a fantasy football team. But maybe it just works better for a kid's party if you really don't pay attention at all. Speaking of not spending budget, everyone who has survived to week seven has expended some budget except two teams, Chessie's Frisbees and the Loyal Littles podcast, who have only spent one dollar. What's the deal, Chuck? Were you holding back the money to spend on Roxy in the jewelry store in Lafayette? Or are you returning home with $999 of crawfish? Bill Isaacson, episode 60. P.S. My beheaded team is still in second place in the standings based on average points. Can you imagine if his team finishes in second place? I don't think that's possible because he was out so early. I don't know. I'm not sure. But that's funny how every time it comes up that way. All right, Roxy, what's next? All right. Next, we heard from Brian Moeller, episode 167. Dear Chuck and Roxy, for the record, everything south of I-70 in Missouri qualifies as the south since Mizzou joined the SCC. While up north, you want to watch for a Wally's. It's the northern version of Bucky's as far as concepts, etc. I can't speak for the quality, though. Bucky's is top shelf. Brian Muller, episode 167. Okay, Roxy, this is getting out of control with the Bucky's talk because... <laughs> Everyone loves it. Well, let me tell you, our dear friends here in Ohio, the first... I was here like a half hour and they picked me up for dinner. They were like, we're, we're having you, you know, we're taking you out for dinner. And mm -hmm. I don't even know how it came up, but he all of a sudden said something. I don't remember how it came up, but Bucky's came up and they're building one in Ohio now. They're coming. There's oh. one that's not going to be too far of, off of I-70. So all you Ohioans, you're going to get a Bucky's here soon. So that's kind of fun, I guess. I, it just blows my mind how much Bucky's talk there has been in the last week. They're popping up all over the place. So I know. we have to get to one. The closest one right now to me is south of Lexington, which really isn't that close. So I don't think it's going to happen. Although I do have two days off in Indiana, but I think it's like four hours from where we are in Indiana. And oh. I don't know if that's quite worthy of a road trip. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah, I don't think so. We'll see. All right, Roxy, next. This is really cool, okay? This is how we know the podcast has legs. The podcast will be going on for a while. As long as people put up with us talking, we have lots of littles, okay? We heard from just in the last two or three days, many, like four or five littles that want to just come on the episode. Now, some just say, hey, I want to be on the episode, which is all we ask. We all just require you reach out to us and we'll set it up. But sometimes they send some little messages because I feel like sometimes they think like it's a, an interview. Well, we have some of those. So this one came from Jeff Taylor, obviously episode TBD. It said, I'd love to come on the show and chat it up. Been a little since around 2000. Had a few emails read. Joe Arrow recorded a jingle I submitted. Never made the air. But I found Littles in the Wild, and I have a new podcast a small subset of Littles might enjoy. The Peach Pod on Spotify, my younger cousin who's never seen 90210, and I, who has seen 90210 too much, are doing a rewatch. Now, I like that concept, Roxy. And then it says, it's so much fun, and I'd like to get lots of people to watch along with us. I look forward to chatting it up with you guys could go deep on Survivor and wrestling as well. Jeff Taylor. Oh. Right. Ooh. So this this sounds really interesting. I've never seen 90210. Did you watch that? Oh, no. Okay. So neither of us have seen it. Interesting. Okay. I like the idea of the concept of somebody's like, it'd be like the equivalent of one of us doing an office 
podcast with someone who's never seen it before. And so they're seeing right. it for the first time and mm-hmm. you know, through different eyes, I guess is how. All right. So you have one of these too, right, Roxy? I do. Nick Mariano episode TBD. Half a lifelong fan of Mr. Tony finally got around to checking out the podcast a couple months ago. Who the hell is Chuck and Roxy? <laughs> Currently live in West Virginia, but originally from Baltimore, Maryland. I've been trying for years to be the official cable technician of the Tony Kornheiser show, but they never read my emails. Anywho, maybe I'll hear from you. Maybe I won't. Thanks for the laughs regardless. Nick Mariano, episode TBD. Now, first, my first thought is, what's this maybe crap? Of course you're going to hear from I us, know. right? You're coming on. Yeah, he sounds like a good fellow. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. of course you're going to hear from us. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> then we heard from You Know Who, episode 178. We have one more of those, but we're saving that. It says, Dear Choxy, apropos of Chuck's issue with ordering food, you know, I had a very similar issue with sounding like I was unable to adapt to the times. The Dunkin' Donuts, where the lady hates me for paying in cash finally convinced me to use the app to order and pay. It took a few weeks to understand what the hell I was doing. I think my first order was at a Dunkin' out of the state. But I finally managed to get my credit card in there and place an order and even use my points. Well, after three weeks of using the app, I order, go in, pick up my coffee, and one of the workers hits me up with the following. Brandon, you know you are ordering the wrong thing, right? Confused, I said, huh? Long story short, after years of getting the same exact coffee every single day, I apparently don't know what the order is, and I was ordering something different while using the app. Apps are satanic and are for shut-ins. I said it. Keeping with the old man theme, Chuck, what's he talking about? Tops lost its exclusive license with MLB for baseball cards to Fanatics starting in 2026. Apparently, Fanatics was concerned people wouldn't buy their cards. So they also purchased Tops a year later and will likely keep producing the cards using Tops' name. Being old, I can say the trick worked. I wouldn't buy cards if the brand name was Fanatics. Tops I would buy. What say you, old school 1970s guy? Would you purchase cards that were not Tops? All right, let me pause there. Uh, it depends on, yeah, maybe. Because weren't there like Fleer and there weren't just, it just wasn't Tops. I know Tops was the big one. There was definitely Fleer and there was another one, Don Rutt. Was it Don? It was something like that. So there were other types of cards too. So yeah, I have a whole bunch of mix. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I would do it. Then he goes, the question on everyone's mind, Chuck, has anyone broken into your room yet to give you a foot rub? Roxy, <laughs> how much floor space has the apartment shrunk with all of your clothing purchases while Chuck's away? Episode 178, ABTAHS. We will not do better the next time unless Chuck gets food delivered through his ancient laptop. That I'm not sure if we can make happen. I could probably make that happen. Should I try that? Maybe. Because I can still, one website that works is Google Chrome operating system or whatever (laughs) it's called. That's how actually how I upload the podcast. So I can still get that. Now, it depends on the hotel, as I said last episode. As long as I can get online, I can order through google chrome is how that's the web browser i use Uh, is that what it's called web browser yeah okay i think so Mm -hmm. all right roxy you got some tissues Uh uh-oh yes all right here's the last one we're gonna end with this it's from somebody named ben i don't have the last name Uh, he didn't sign a last name i'll figure it out though it says hi chuck and roxy my dad has been listening and reading tony since 1995 when he moved my family me being only about 10 months old 
to the DMV from the greater Midwest city of Toronto. Despite eventually moving to West Virginia and then Ann Arbor, Michigan, go blue, my dad found ways to stay up to date with Tony. From as early as I could remember, when he would get home from work, he would turn on PTI and promptly fall asleep. The only thing that would wake him up is if I tried to change the channel. Now, can we stop there for a second? Did you ever have that issue, Roxy? Me? Yeah, with your dad. Um, no. Okay, so Ben, I'm going to pause there. Thank you. It brought back a flood of memories. This would happen with my dad all the time, and it was the most aggravating thing. Is He's like, no, I'm watching the television. I just got home, whatever, whenever time it was. I'm watching the TV. And then literally like 30 seconds later, he'd fall asleep. Okay, so I'd wait yeah. like five minutes, and then I'd go to try to turn the channel. I'd even leave the remote in his hand, and I'd go to try to turn the channel. Or actually, back in the long days, I'd have to go up to the TV to turn the channel. And right. as soon as I did it, he'd wake up. Like, what the heck are you doing? I'm watching that. I'm like, no, you're not. You're sleeping. That totally brought <laughs> back some really fun memories for me. So thank you. All right. Then he says, yeah. when I was 18, he introduced me to the pod. For the past 10 years, no matter where we are, we listen, analyze, then overanalyze everything. We even traveled to D.C. for American Thanksgiving one year to go to Chatter. My dad's birthday is coming up in December, and for his present this year, I would love to have him interviewed. It would be the highlight of his year, unless Michigan wins the national championship, of course, which he claims would be even better than his wedding or the birth of his sons, so don't take that personally. I am happy to share more or offer some ideas on interview topics. Just let me know. Ben. Now, this is the ultimate where I think people think like they have to make a cut to become a guest on the Loyal Littles podcast. I mean, who knows? Maybe someday we'll get there. But I mean, we've always just said this podcast is for the littles about Loyal Littles. Okay. Yeah. So we're happy to interview everybody. And I mean, that one, I'll be honest, Roxy, I got a tear in my eye when I read that. I mean, how cool is that? but he, it sounds like his dad needs to get a Chuck and Roxy number. But yeah, absolutely. We'll figure something out, Ben. We'll be in touch for sure. And for all of you that are doing these write-ins, please bear with us. Obviously, Chuck's on the road. I will be for another month. And we are going to need some interviews coming up. But we have, a, I think we told you in a previous episode, we stockpiled some to make this easier for us to do while I'm on the road and we're not together in New York City. So we will be getting in touch. Don't think we forgot about you or anything. We'll figure it out and we will get you all in before the new year, hopefully. It's really exciting, Roxy, to know that this podcast is going to have legs because of all these people that want to come on the podcast. So that's really cool. Oh, always. Yeah. 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 It's always fun to hear Mr. Tony say your episode number, of course, on the big show and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. all right, Roxy, sadly, that's all the time we have. So tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. Just go to our website, loyallittlespod.com. All the information you need is over there. Email, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everything. And make sure you go over to those and give us nice follows over there, especially on, what is it called, X now? Twitter, X, whatever. Oh, yeah. Shoot, yep. X. Oh, no. Well, it's, Sorry. It, it's still Twitter, so that's okay. Yeah. No problem. But make sure you head on over to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Give us follows over there, and we'd really appreciate it. And then we'd even more appreciate it. We finally got our 100th rating recently, Roxy, over on Apple oh, and iTunes. Did. So that was nice. There's so many more of you out there, though. Please head on over. Give us a nice rate and review over there. We'd really appreciate it. It does help. It gets us more in the ratings. It gets us more suggested people to come over and find the podcast. We still get people who reach out to us and be like, how did I not know this was a thing? And I'm like, I don't know. Like I said, you know, Tony says Chuck and Ro I think a lot of people think Chuck and Roxy are nobody. Like, well, we are nobody, but you know what I mean? Like, they think it's like a made up thing or something. I don't know. It's interesting. Right. Mm -hmm. But we still get people who are like, hey, I didn't even know this was a podcast. How did, how did this happen? And, you know, uh, so, yeah. So 
Give us a nice rate and review over there. We really appreciate it. And as always, if you are out shopping online tonight, don't forget to... Use the code, people! Bye! It depends on my mood. The Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles Podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Galactically funny. Oh, yeah.